right, good morning. Welcome to Peoples. My name is Tyler. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. I'm going to pray for us really quickly, and then we're going to jump in. So, Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your presence with us this morning. God, we thank you that you're a God who comes near to us. But we ask even now, Jesus, as we open your word together, God, would you come and speak to us? But we want to hear your voice today. God, we want to know you more. And so, God, we ask, by your Spirit, would you come? Would you open up your word? Would you speak to us? God, even in the current circumstance, in the current season of life that each of us find ourselves in, would your living word come and speak to us? Jesus, we love you. Amen. All right, you guys, so we started a new series last week called Light and Love, and we're really excited because we're going to be jumping in to the book of to the book of First John together. Now we haven't really done this in the last year and a half, and so we're really going to be hunkering down, and we're really excited about that. Last week, David actually jumped in with the first session. He was giving a little bit of an overview of the book of First John, and today we're actually going to be picking up session two, and we're going to be looking at the first four verses. Now. We're really excited to be looking at this book, but we hope that in, in, in the process of studying together, you're not only going to learn a little bit about what God is saying in the book of First John, but we really hope that you would actually be equipped to actually study the Bible yourself a little bit more. You guys know the old saying, right? If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, right? But if you teach a man to fish, he'll actually eat for a lifetime. And we hope that in the context of us unfolding the book, that we can give you some little tips and tricks that David and I have learned that would actually help you as you go away and you study the Bible yourselves. Now, the first tip I'm going to give you is this, okay? When you come to a passage, we're going to be looking at at 1 John 1, 1 through 4. When you come to a passage, one of the first things I do is I always ask questions. Ask questions. Now, my kids are inherently good at asking questions. Anybody have kids and they're great at asking questions? Like, generally, it's, can I get more sugar? (laughs) Right? Sugar of some kind. Can I watch my favorite show? Um, I think a couple of days ago, my son asked, can, can we have another baby? I, I, like, I, think, I think the quiver is full. I think we have enough of those at our house, all right? Um, but oftentimes, the question they're asking is just why. It doesn't matter what I say, right? They can, it can be, hey, go clean your room. Why? I'm going to go, you know, I'm going, why? We're going to go to the store and get groceries. Why? Everything is why. But when we come to a passage, it's really helpful for us to ask questions. And, and you guys know the who, what, where, when, why. That's a great place to start. When you, when you, when you look at a passage... Who's saying it? Why is he saying it? What's happening? And that starts to give a little bit more fullness and context to the passage. Now, we're going to go ahead and turn with me to 1 John 1. And we're going to go ahead and just read the passage, verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to jump right in, okay? All right, 1 John 1, 1 through 4. Actually, if you would, we don't do this that often. Would you stand up with me? We value and we honor God's Word here. And just as a show of respect, let's just read it together. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and we've touched with our hands concerning the Word of life, the life was made manifest, and we've seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and has made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be made complete. Thanks for standing with me. 
And so as we move into this passage, the first question is, who is speaking? Now, we know by the name of the book, 1 John, but did you know that John's name is actually not in the book anywhere? It's, it's universally accepted this is John who is speaking, but it's not written. And so we see that John is actually writing this book to who? Who's the audience? It also doesn't say. If you go to most of Paul's letters, you're actually going to see Paul. He's going to name himself, and he's going to actually write who he's speaking to. But in this book of 1 John, we don't really know. So it looks like because John was actually in Ephesus for a season, this actually could be a letter to the churches in Asia Minor, which is now Turkey, that was been passed around. But we don't really know, okay? But one thing when we come into a passage, even here in the first verse, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the Bible, it seems like it's in a little bit of a different language. Anybody else? When you come to it, it's hard to understand. It seems like it's a little bit in a different language. One time when I was in Ireland, I had been in Romania and Ukraine for a couple months, and I couldn't understand anything they were saying. And so I showed up in Ireland, and I was expecting to be able to understand, right? They speak English. Well, we showed up, and for the first two days, I couldn't understand anything they were saying because of their accent, right? The way they emphasize, like, their tones, the way they, they use words. I, could, I was, like, so, so shocked. It, it was English, but I couldn't understand it. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes that's the way my Bible feels. <laughs> it's English, but I have trouble understanding it. Like even, guys, as we move into the first verse, that which was from the beginning. I can't tell you the last time I used that in a text with my wife, right? That which was from the beginning. Like, right? we, we don't use this language. And so we have to start digging in and pressing in because sometimes it can be hard to understand, okay? Now, David gave homework to, to start reading First John. I would just encourage you guys, read it multiple times. Read it multiple times. Sometimes we think we read something one time and we've got it. For me, it generally takes at least five times. And then I really begin to start to see the passage. So dig in. Read it a lot, okay? But as we look, John 1, 1, 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning. Pause. What is that? <laughs> Anybody else? That's, that's my first question. My first question, what is, what is the that that he's talking about? We're going to see in just a minute. But is that which was from the beginning. So it's something that actually had its origin in the beginning, right? Like it's always existed, even from the beginning. So that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we've seen with our eyes, we've looked upon, we've touched. So it's something from the beginning, but John has had experience with it. Do you guys see all the experiential, experiential words here? Heard, seen, looked, touched. We're going to see these over and over in the first six verses of the book. But we see that John, he's experienced this, that, okay? And so we see that he's heard it, he's seen it, he's touched it, and there's a, a growing sense of encounter, right? Like, I can hear something from a mile away. You can see something from a little closer, but to touch it, you actually have to get really close. Okay, so you see this progression of getting close, but John has encountered that which was from the beginning, okay? And so he said, it's concerning the word of life, which is just the gospel, right? It's, it's the good news. And so he says, I've seen, I've experienced, I've touched the, this thing concerning the word of life, and what is, what is it? It's the life. Save the life. The life which was made manifest. So you're going to see a lot of parallels between 1 John 1 1 and actually John 1 1. So you guys remember, in the beginning was the Word. That which was from the beginning. You see some parallels. In first, or John 1 1, he's actually talking about the Word. Here he's actually moving, talking about the life. Okay? But you see some parallels. And so, guys, that which was from the beginning, which was made manifest, it's actually the life. Okay? He's talking about the life was made manifest, okay? So we see that John, he has experienced the life which was made manifest. The word manifest, it literally means to make what was hidden visible. Make hidden visible, okay? So this life which was from the beginning, the eternal life. He's talking about Jesus. We're going to see that in a second, okay? But John has experienced Jesus, the life which was from the beginning, the life that has no, no beginning in himself because he's always existed, okay? 
John has experienced him, and he's been made manifest. And so this is what he says. He says, and we have seen the life. We've seen Jesus, and we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. This is the first thing you got to see, guys, is for us as Christians, do you guys know what part of our mission is? It's to be witnesses of who Jesus is. Do you know that? It's to be witnesses. Easy to go into Acts 1. We are to be witnesses from Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Guys, the word right here, to testify, it literally is the word for martyr. It's the same Greek word as in Acts 1. Guys, listen. He's saying, I'm coming to be a witness, just like Jesus commanded us in Acts 1. I'm actually going to come and be a witness. But listen, we can't be witnesses of what, of what we never experienced. Yeah? And so we see he's, he's coming to be a witness of what he's, he's experienced firsthand, right? Now, I could stand here and I could be a witness that rafting the Nile in Jinja, Uganda is amazing. Okay? One of the best days of my life. It's so much fun. I could go on and on. Rafting Nile is awesome. Riding elephants in Thailand is amazing, right? Like, I lo- like that was so much fun. I touched the elephant. Did you guys, el- the elephants are pretty nimble. Did you know that? Like, they're way more nimble than you think they are. Okay, I can sit here and tell you that because I've experienced that. Guys, it should be the same way in Jesus. We can't tell other people about things we've never experienced ourselves. So part of it is that we have to actually touch and hear and see Jesus for ourselves. And from that place, we can actually go and testify and proclaim. But we see that the life He was made manifest. The life who was with the Father, right? So we see that which was from the beginning is the life. The life was with the Father even in the beginning. He's made manifest. But why is John saying this? Why is he coming to proclaim who the life is? And this is where we want to land for today, okay? That which we have seen and heard. You see these experienced words. Seen and heard. We proclaim also to you. Look at the next word. So. Say so. That's an indicator word, right? He's proclaiming. Why? So that you may too have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And so as we open up the book of 1 John, okay, He's coming to proclaim, to testify what He has seen, what He has heard, what He has touched of the life of Jesus to this, this church, these churches in Asia Minor most likely. Why? So that they may have fellowship. Say fellowship again. Fellowship. Guys, listen. If we move into the book, this is going to be one of the main things is that John is emphasizing fellowship with Jesus. How many of you guys know that we are called into fellowship with Jesus? Okay? We are saved by the blood of Jesus. But listen, being saved by Jesus isn't just a ticket to get into a kingdom in the future. Did you know that? Anybody been to Disney? You've been to Magic Kingdom? You get your ticket. It's punch. Guys, listen. When you come and, and ask Jesus into your heart, you put your faith in Him, it's not just a ticket that you're going to put in your back pocket and use in the future. Listen, Jesus is, has secured your future. That He's coming actually to have fellowship with you now. Fellowship with you now. And so we see there's actually fellowship with Jesus. But listen, this word fellowship... One thing I would encourage you guys is if you're ever in the Bible and you're studying you don't understand a word, I would encourage you to go to blueletterbible.com, okay? Or it might be org, I don't know. But Blue Letter Bible. Google it, it'll come up, okay? I often use their interlinear Bible. You can go in, search for a word, and it'll pull up the Greek, and you can understand it a little better. But here, here's the point, okay? The Greek word is koinonia. Fellowship is koinonia. And for us, we use the word fellowship a lot in church. Fellowship hall, fellowship time. Fellowship, fellowship, but the word koinonia, it literally means to share, to participate, 
And this is what I love, is that Jesus, that's what we're just saying, Jesus, listen, he, He's coming to give us eternal life in the future, but we're to have shared life with Him now. Yeah? Shared life. He wants to share His abundant life with us. How about you guys? That's amazing. That is really amazing. And so He's coming to share His life with us. And this word koinonia, it actually, he starts talking through, we have koinonia with two groups, right? With each other, but our koinonia is also with the Father and the Son. So we see that there's two types of shared life that's mentioned here. One's vertical with the Father and the Son. Okay? It's vertical. It's with God. This is the primary fellowship that we're called to. But there's also another fellowship, and it's horizontal. It's with each other. It's with believers. And so we see that this is the emphasis of what John is coming to say. Because listen, what we're going to move into with light and love, that listen, we're, we want to fellowship with a God who is full of light and full of love. Amen? But to fellowship with a God of light and love, we have to walk in light and love. And this is where we're going to be moving in future sessions. But first we have to understand fellowship. We are called to fellowship with God. To walk closely with Him. To walk intimate to receive. Because how many of you guys know that fellowship is the place of receiving from God? God has all that you need. But the place of receiving it from Him is actually in the place of fellowship and close relation. You guys remember David? I'm not going to pick it up. But the, the cord connected, it's by living connected to Him that we live in a shared, intimate relationship with God. And so what you're going to find is we are called into fellowship. The thing I find fascinating is after the four uses of the word koinonia in the first chapter, you never see the word fellowship used again in the book. Okay? But what you, what you see the transition is he actually starts using the word abide. 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 He uses it 20 times in the rest of the book. So we're welcomed into fellowship with God, but then we are to abide in fellowship with Him. The Greek word is meno. Now, Growing up, my sister and I, we used to always go to the Graham Pool in the summer. Does anybody else go to the Graham Pool? So we'd go to the Graham Pool, and we always used to play this game, sharks and minnows. This made me, made me think of it because the word is minnow. <laughs> sharks and minnows, all right? So we would play this game, but listen, the word minnow, it literally means to remain. Say remain. It means to stay. I don't know about you guys. I, I wanted to abide in my bed a little longer this morning. Anybody else? I hit the snooze once. I'm like, you guys might be snoozers. I only hit it once, okay? Ten more minutes. But I wanted to remain in my bed a little long. Guys, listen, we are called to not only enter into fellowship with Jesus and the Father, we're to remain, we're to stay, we're to abide in fellowship with Him. I'm going to give you one example. Chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he abides, he remains in me, ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. And what you're going to find is fellowship is through prayer. How many of you guys know that we fellowship with God as we communicate with Him, as we're near to Him, as we walk out our faith? So listen, we have prayer, we have worship, we have the Word. But how many of you guys know that fellowship with God is not just an internal reality that we do in our prayer closet? Did you know that? Fellowship with God often it can be hindered by the way we live our lives. And we're going to see this in light and love. But we're called to fellowship with Him. Fellowship with Him. Go to 1 Corinthians with me real fast. 
One thing that I almost always do when I'm studying a, a passage is cross-reference. You can do that if your, your Bible might have cross-references in it, or it might be BibleGateway.com, whatever's helpful. But if you go to 1 Corinthians 1, this is what it says, okay? 1 Corinthians 1, 4, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in Him. All speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son. Guys, we were called into the fellowship with Jesus, but we're to remain and abide in fellowship with Him. How many of you guys know there can be barriers to fellowship? There can be barriers to fellowship with God. Sometimes it's our sin. We have things in our life that actually create distance and break fellowship with God. Sometimes it's distraction. Anybody else get distracted? I get distracted. Sometimes I'll try to go outside and get something. By the time I get outside, I forgot why I'm even outside. Maybe that's happened to you. Okay? We get distracted. Same thing can happen with Jesus. Not that we don't want to fellowship with God. We just get distracted with so many things in life that we forget that our main focus and purpose is to walk in close relationship with Him. But we're called to abide and remain and stay in fellowship with Him. But that takes a lot of intentionality, right? That takes a lot of energy and, and focus. Go to the, the end of the book with me, First John 5. This is what I just want you to see, okay? We're called to fellowship. You see at the beginning, you see abiding and remaining throughout the book. But as you get to the end of the book, it's almost like John, he's just wrapping things up. He's just tying it up. And I just want you to see this one passage real fast. First John 5, 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and He's given us understanding. Why has He given us understanding? So that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. Guys, this is the place of fellowship. Knowing Him and being in Him, being connected to Him. This is the place we were made to live. I don't know about you guys, but Jesus, He is the vine and we are the branches. We're to live connected to Him. We're to live remaining in Him, that His life may flow into us and through us. Everything we need is in Him. It's just a matter of receiving it from Him in the place of fellowship, in the place of living connected. All right, go back to chapter 1 with me real fast. So we see that we are called into fellowship with each other, but our horizontal fellowship is actually based on our vertical fellowship, that we're all walking in fellowship with the Father and the Son. But verse 4, okay? And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Our joy may be complete. Joy is a hard thing to come by these days, I think, for many. How many of you guys know that a complete joy is available to us in Jesus? Oftentimes we might look for joy or happiness in things or achievement, or maybe it's related. But guys, listen, right here, joy being complete is found in the place of fellowship. 
It's found in fellowship with God, but even spilling into fellowship with other guys. Listen, joy comes through relationship. Even as we're coming out of this series on community, joy comes through close, shared life with other people, but ultimately with God Himself. This is the place where we find true joy. How about you guys? Sometimes we can be on a, on a life treasure hunt trying to find joy somewhere. And I feel like John, he's coming to hone in, in for us. Joy isn't found in things. It's not found in stuff. It's found in fellowship and being close with God, close with each other. I'll never forget, I think when you get married, you have a lot of ideas of what marriage can be, what it, what it should be. But I've told Karen many times where we'll be a, we'll be married for a, a decade this year. So this is year ten, and I keep I've always told her what I didn't I didn't foresee is my favorite part is sharing life with you. It's just sharing, just just getting to share the moments, just to be with one another. It's those little conversations in the kitchen. It's going on dates. It's having you know it's like parenting. It's all the little moments. Sharing life together is a blessing, and we are called to share life together as a community, but ultimately we're going to share our lives. Guys, listen, do you live at a distance from God? He's drawing you, He's inviting you in. The God of the universe wants to walk close with you. That is a blessing. That is an invitation. He's saying, you belong close to me. You belong in relationship with me. Come close. Come close. I want to pour my abundant life into you. But often for us, a guy named John Rice, he said this, often the first place people go wrong is not in their doctrine, but it's in their fellowship. First time, for us, many, we don't stray in our minds from the things that are right in the Bible. We first stray from being close with Him in our day-to-day lives. But I think for many, God, He's calling us. He's calling you back, even as Revelation says, He's calling you back to the first love. He's calling you back to walking close with Him. He's calling you back to just talking with Him during the day. Hearing from His Word. Guys, this is the place we were called to live. I believe this is the place that Jesus walked day by day. He never did anything except what He saw the Father doing. John 5. Why? Because He was listening to the Father all the time. He was talking with the Father. He was walking in fellowship with the Father. This is the place we're called to. Amen? Go to John 15 with us. And it almost seems that when John started writing First John, it's almost like he was thinking about the upper room discourse, which is John 13 through 17. It was almost like, man... He's thinking to himself, that was really good, but I have a little more to say. And so it's almost like he, he wrote this epistle expounding upon this, this upper room discourse. But if you go to John 15, we, we see I'm the true vine, you're the branches. We have this abiding, remaining, remaining inside of fellowship, connected to him. This is what I want you to see if, if you go down in the context. Verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And so I just wanted to connect these two pieces for you, both in 1 John 1, but even in John 15, you have this idea of remaining connected, being close with Jesus. And then he takes it to its end. He's saying, I'm writing these things to you that you may be 
full assurance. Not just have a little bit, not, not just maybe get some in the future, but that you may have joy that's full and complete. This is, should be a blessing to us. This should be an invitation to us that as Christians, our joy should shine like a light into the misery and the weariness of this world. Because He is inviting us into our joy that is full, that's in the place of living connected. Do you feel connected to Jesus? Do you feel like you're walking in fellowship with Him? Maybe you feel you're at a, at a distance. Guys, listen, here's the beauty. Sometimes it can feel like there's barriers in our way to being close to Jesus, but He demolishes every barrier. He's made a way for us to come close. Those who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. They've been, we've been brought near. Now we've got to stay near. We've got to stay close to Him. We've got to stay close to Him. This week I've been pondering the word koinonia. Does anybody, does anybody carry lots of coins? I very rarely have any coins. I don't carry much cash on me anymore. But my friend, he gave me this, this challenge coin. So I've been thinking about koinonia. And I would just encourage you guys, even as we go about our week, would you just keep a coin in your pocket? Coin in me, a fellowship with God. Just keeping it in my pocket. Every time my hand goes in my pocket, I touch that. I'm just asking you, God, I want more fellowship with you. I want more koinonia with you. I want to walk close with you. Guys, we need something to help focus us. Sometimes it's not, sometimes we can be off in the wrong stuff. Sometimes we can just not be pursuing righteousness and pursuing relationship. We need something to focus our minds and our hearts day by day. Maybe this week is a coin for you. But I would encourage you, would you find something that works for you? But guys, let's be those who pursue fellowship with God. Last, last thing. Go to Psalm 27 with us. I love this passage. Time and time again, I'll come back to Psalm 27. But David was a man after God's own heart. And he said, this is my one thing. This is the one thing I'm after. Okay, let's read it. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord. That will I seek after. That's a nugget right there, right? We don't want to just ask Jesus for stuff. We actually want to seek what we're asking Him. He said, but what is He, what is he asking? What is He seeking? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may be close. When you dwell, you live somewhere. You can be close. Like that I can be close to you in your house all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. God, that I could see your beauty. I want to be close to you. I want to see you. And he moves and says this, to inquire in your temple. God, I want to be close to you. I want to see you. I want to talk with you. This is the one thing I'm after. Guys, listen, would we be those who are after one thing just like David was? It'd be, he, he's after, what would we call that? Being in the same place, talking with, seeing it. That's fellowship with God. That's, that's the thing he's talking about. God, we want to be those who are after the same thing David is after. He said, this is my one thing. May koinonia be our one thing this week. May it be the one thing that we're pursuing. That we wake up talking with God. That we go throughout our day. How about you guys? Other things come up. Okay? Doesn't mean that you're talking with Him 100% all throughout the day. But I love it. It's almost like you, anybody got a, you're on the phone and you get another call and you're like, Hey, Karen, you got to hold on. Somebody else is calling. It's almost like you're putting on God on hold throughout the day. 
It's like you're never leaving. It's just on hold. Guys, listen, that we would be those who walk in fellowship with God day by day. We talk with Him. We walk close with Him. And fellowship grows. Maybe you've been out of fellowship with God, and that's intimidating to you. I understand. Take a step toward Him. Fellowship grows. Fellowship grows. How about you guys? I told Karen this year, I said, I'm, I'm turning 35 this year. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to get in the best shape of my life this year. You can tell it hasn't worked yet. I'm working on it, though, all right? Maybe by the end of the year, well, I, could, I, could, I could say there's been progress. Okay. But here's the thing about growing in fitness is it takes consistency. It takes consistency. I'm going to reach my goal. It's not going to happen in one step, right? Oftentimes, you know what we like to do? I ate one salad. Where is that? How, how come that 15 pounds hadn't dropped off me yet? Why not? Why hadn't it dropped off? I ate the one salad. But it's the 250 salads that you have to eat to get where you want to go. But oftentimes, we don't want to pay the price of the thing that we actually want. And how many of you guys know that there's a price to pay for fellowship and relationships with each other, but with God? And it's intentional steps. It's time. And so today, guys, I just want to challenge you. Let us be those who seek after koinonia, who seek after fellowship with God. This is the place of abundant life. This is the place of complete and full joy. And it's open to us. God has extended invitation. He wants you to come close to Him. And all those things that you've done that you think disqualify you, He even said, I'll, I'll cover that with my own blood. Because I won't be that bad. I'll pay the price so that you can come to Him. And so as we move in, maybe as we move into ministry time, team, you can go ahead and come. Maybe for you, you know there's something standing in the way of your fellowship with God. Maybe it's something in the past. Maybe it's something present. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's something, some bad thoughts. And whatever that thing is, and you want to bring that before Jesus. Because how many of you guys know, whatever we're facing, Jesus is greater. He's bigger. There's nothing He can't handle. There's no obstacle He can't remove. Maybe some of you just need to answer the invitation today. He's inviting you to come close. And you just need to say yes to Him. You need to draw a line in the sand and say, God, I'm coming. I'm coming after you. I want to be close to you. It was in my heart this morning that some of you might just be tired. You might be weary because life is heavy. Life is hard. And you're tired. God wants to refresh you. He wants to refresh you. How many of you guys know that there's refreshing in His presence? That means things are going to change on the outside. How many of you guys know sometimes things can change inside? And that's the game changer. We just want to invite you this morning. If you want prayer, come sit on the front row. If you want to come and just meet with God, stay at your seat. Come to the altar. Wherever you We just want to meet with God right now, okay? I know lunch is soon, but, but don't go there in your mind yet. Let's just stay focused on Him, okay? Let me pray for us, Jesus. We thank you that you are a God who invites us into relationship, who invites us to share life with you. God, that you're willing to pour all that's needed into us. Love and joy and peace, comfort, rest, strength. God, all in due season, if we would just walk close. 
Jesus, we come to bring, God, even the known things that keep us from fellowship with you. God, we bring them before your presence right now. God, we lay them down. We lay them aside. God, we say again, God, that you are our focus, that you are our hope, God, that you are our source. And we want to live close to you. Lord, we just ask that you meet us here. Meet us here. In Jesus' name, amen.